And we welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell, along with Mitchell Bally, here to give you the latest in athletics, both on the scholastic, collegiate, and professional level. Mitch, thank you for uh, taking the time once again to join me talking about sports. Uh, we're coming off week one of the high school football season, and we have a number of new fresh games to get to here in the second week with a lot of teams seemingly going on the road in our areas. Mitch, always a pleasure to be back here. And you're right. A lot of teams, especially in Stark County, I can't speak in Tusk County, but a lot of teams in Stark County hitting the road for some tough week two matchups in high school football this week. But this is where you find out what your team's made of early on in the season before you get into league play. Absolutely. And before we get into that discussion, we want to remind you guys, uh, first of all, we want to thank you guys for listening and watching our show. We wouldn't be doing the show without you guys, obviously. Um, and we want to remind you that you can listen on multiple podcasting platforms as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, SoundCloud, as well as Anchor. Anchor is how we distribute the podcast. They are not a sponsor, but I want to shout them out anyway because they do such a good job. You can also find us on YouTube, the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, and all of our social networks, uh, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala, and whatever Big Time Sports you can find. So very happy to uh, promote that. Um, but we wanted to get into some of the matchups for this uh, coming week because uh, there are some good competitive ones in Tuscaroras, some good competitive ones in Stark. It's uh, we're obviously going to have big time sports live streaming on Friday night. The Garraway Pirates against the Waynedale Golden Bears over in Sugar Creek. So that'll be a big matchup that you can find on our web on our website, bigtimesportsohio.com. Now, looking over at some of the other matchups here before we get to Stark County, I wanted to take a uh, kind of retrospective look at teams like Tusky Valley going up against Fairless, two very local uh, schools to one another, uh, a very competitive matchup there. Uh, Fairless and Tusky Valley both uh, competing last week, both teams competing hard, but Fairless uh, ended up getting the win last week over Sandy Valley, which you saw on uh, Big Time Sports. And uh, we have another number of matchups, including Malvern going up against Connaughton. Uh, we have Riverview traveling to West Lafayette against Ridgewood. Strasburg going on the road to Waterloo, a bit of a drive there. Sandy Valley trying to come off that loss to Fairless with a win potentially against Manchester. And we had one slight change yesterday in uh, for one of the IVC schools. Claymont will now be traveling to Canton South on Saturday. Claymont was supposed to play against East Tech uh, this week, but the game was uh, canceled. And a change in Canton South schedule in which they were supposed to play a school down in Columbus. However, there are teachers and staff strikes going on there right now. So that caused a change in the Wildcats schedule. So now the Wildcats and the Mustangs will play in Canton South. And of course, on Saturday, we also have Tuscar Central Catholic going up against Grove City Christian. Now, Mitch, you had a few of the games in Stark County that we wanted to highlight. What are some of those matchups that you think people are big time, big time sports viewers and listeners should be getting ready for? Well, Mitch, I have five games. And the first one I'll start with is where I'll actually be Friday night over at Glen Oak High School, where Glen Oak will welcome in the 0-1 Maslin Tigers. Now, although Maslin lost to Muller last week, they didn't go down without a fight. They trailed 36 to 10 in that third quarter, third quarter to Cincinnati Moeller before coming back and ultimately falling. However, Glen Oak, a team that has struggled for the past few years, you know, not really been able to win or string along multiple wins. A youth explosion is what they're calling it. They have plenty of youthful players in this program right now that are leading them. Uh, they're one and oh now, and they're going to look to get a huge big time non-conference win over a Stark County powerhouse in Maslin 7 PM on Friday. Another game we have is Canton McKinley at Austin Town Fitch. That will be a very good game. McKinley, though, 
dropping their game last Friday to Menor could not get out of their own way. Three fumbles, multiple penalties. Can the Bulldogs clean it up traveling on the road to Austintown Fitch? That is also Friday at seven o'clock. Another game we're looking at Maple Heights at Lake. Lake is a team I told you a few episodes ago, if you listen to the show, that I think is a team that is a major threat to win the Federal League. They opened up last week with a 41 to 14 win over Alliance. You saw that game on Big Time Sports. But this week, Lake gets their home opener against Maple Heights, something to keep an eye on. And another game, Jackson, traveling all the way up to Mayfield, so about an over an hour drive. So we'll have to see what type of fan base the Polar Bears have at the stadium, but they take on a tough Mayfield team that in years past, Mayfield has really handed it to the Polar Bears both in Jackson and up in Mayfield. So can Jackson avenge those previous losses before and move to 2-0? And finally, Marlington at Northwest. This is going to be a great game. Uh, two teams that a lot of us, I feel like, don't pay a whole lot of attention to when you talk about main teams in Stark County, but these are two teams that are very deserving of being talked about week in, week out, and I can't wait to be able to recap this game on our next episode next week because I think this could cause for a lot of or call for a lot of fireworks and a lot of fun, and it's going to be something to watch Friday night, 7 o'clock, over at Northwest High School. Absolutely, and you. Uh, we also see two more of uh, my area's matchups uh, coming this Friday. We have Dover traveling over to Akron to take on the East Dragons. Uh, Dover 1-0 and la- after a, a huge come-from-behind win last week on the road, and then, of course, East uh, is 0-1 on the year. And New Philadelphia will also be heading to Steubenville, uh, whose head coach, uh, Reno Sokach, ended up becoming the winningest head coach in state history, his 402nd win during week one for his career. So congratulations to Coach on that, and we'll see what the match Matchup leads to heading into uh, week two of the high school football season. Now, when we come back, we'll be going more over into some other aspects of the sporting world, including uh, some stuff in the NFL and uh, potentially more. So we'll go right to that in just a bit. But first, a message from these sponsors. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, 
you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Ballow. We just got done kind of previewing week two of the high school football season coming up. A lot of great matchups here that we'll be getting to. We obviously will be at our respective games come Friday. Mitch will be at his game. I'll be at mine. And be sure to look for those on BigTimeSportsOhio.com as well as our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and the likes. So, uh, Mitch, we want to get into other topics here. And I kind of want to let you start off on one because um, – there was a, an interesting story that we kind of wanted to get to. Do we want to do the the baseball one first, or was there something else that uh, we wanted to talk about? Why don't we let's go baseball first? Okay. Well, we want to obviously highlight the Cleveland Guardians, who ended up playing uh, the, their first game in almost three days uh, last night out in the West Coast. Uh, they're taking on a San Diego Padres team who's been through a bit of a, a, a weird stretch since the All-Star break. I mean, you're trading for Juan Soto, losing Fernando Tatis for this season and the, and the half of the next one. Uh, so when I went to last night, I knew that this is going to be a difficult stretch now for Cleveland, who is still in first place in the American League Central. Uh, because they have many teams going up uh, on the West Coast. You have not only San Diego, but Seattle coming up here, and Seattle's still fighting for a playoff spot. And they got the win. I believe it was 3-1 to one last night. Was it 3 nothing last night? Something like that. And uh, But the big thing for Cleveland was not only did they get the win over their former uh, pitcher Mike Clevenger, of all people, um, the Twins and the White Sox both falling to their respective opponents, which only helps Cleveland's uh, chances in the Central more now. Uh, three to one was the final last night for Cleveland, and they are now three games up on Minnesota in the AL Central and four games up on the White Sox in the division. It was a great win. And keep in mind, I believe the Guardians only had four or five hits, and they actually did it the way they don't do it often, Mitch. They hit home runs last night. Two yes. solo shots coming off the bat of Oscar Gonzalez and one off of all-star gold glove, soon-to-be platinum glove award winner Andre Jimenez at second yep. base. Um, you can put that on record. I will be absolutely stunned if the Guardians do not have two gold glove winners this year in Jimenez and Miles Straw. Um and then Jose Ramirez picking up his 100th RBI, I believe, in the eighth inning last night with an RBI single to make it a three-run ball game. And, Mitch, that's all you have to do if you're the Guardians because right now you have the most dominant closer in baseball, I think. I, I, I truly believe that if you get to the ninth inning with the lead, you're you're fine because Emmanuel Classe, and you saw it again last night, Emmanuel Classe is dominant. But I feel like he gets all the shine. Now, he's very deserving. I'm not trying to knock him at all. Karen check, awesome. Aaron Savali only went four and two thirds last night. Yep. And this is a bullpen that came in and handled this team. I know Juan Soto was a late scratch. I believe they said like literally three minutes before first pitch, they scratched him uh, for lower or mid left back tightness. Um, but this is a team that's scuffling. They can't get out of their own way and they might have some big time players or names that you know of, but Mitch, if you go through this Padres lineup, this is not a good baseball team. There's a, there, there's more than just, the Dodgers being good for why they are 17 plus games back, I believe. Eight now 18 and a half games back in the NL West. Yep. You have a center fielder that's hitting worse than ours. But on the on the flip side, Miles Straw is a top three rated center fielder in all of baseball. Some metrics have him as the number one best defensive center fielder in baseball. He will win the gold glove. He has one air all season long. But you you have some guys in this 
Padres lineup that you're like, oh, well, they have Will Myers. You know, Will Myers used to be the top rated prospect in all of baseball who has not done anything. And they still keep putting him out there. Um, it's a big win for the Guardians. I want to see him get one more today because I think taking both in San Diego would be a huge boost for the Guardians. It's a 410 uh first pitch as we record this today. Um, but what's really cool is it's 410 today and then 410 tomorrow at Seattle. Back to back matinee games. Pretty cool, pretty nice. We're not losing too much sleep, but uh it's a big time win for them. Any win they can get right now is big. And then you add in the fact that the twins lost which I know we want to get to how they lost and uh, the White Sox lost. We're coming down the stretch here and a three-game lead isn't enough, but if they keep winning series, Mitch, it'll be plenty. I was going to say, it's been a while since the Guardians have ended up losing a series. It might have even been since the start of July because you had, okay, you you got beat by the Yankees two games to three if i'm not mistaken and then you go up against the tigers who ended up sweep sweeping you and then you have uh the rule okay so the royals beat them two out of three times on the 10th then you have the guardians against the white Sox. you split that you have the guardians going up against the tigers you sweep that series with a postponement you also have the guardians beating the white Sox two out of four so you split then the guardians uh against the red Sox. that's uh, split guardians up against the rays i believe that was two out of three then you have the diamondbacks two out of three the astros split uh guardians and tigers two out of two guardians and blue jays two out of three guardians against tigers split guardians against the white Sox, two game uh, straight games so it's kind of amazing to me how this team has been able to hold up so well. And now against the teams, like I mentioned, the Padres, the Mariners, Baltimore is another one. I, I was thinking of Baltimore when you were talking about the Padres. I thought after the Soto trade, and this is obviously before the suspension, I thought that they could do to LA's um, gap in the West what Baltimore and I believe Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Baltimore, I guess, have done to the Yankees in the East. Now, granted, the Yankees have really been struggling since the start of August, but that's that goes also goes to show how well LA is still doing. That they're on pace for 108 game, 108 wins, I think, at this point still in the season. Meanwhile, the Guardians are paced at 87, which is by far the lowest of all the division leaders. But it's going to be very fascinating. And then going into the two games last night white Sox lose i believe it was to the royals i want to say but i'm not 100 um but i know the twins lost to the astros and there was an incident during the fifth inning of last night's game where jose altuve was hit by the pitch and it wasn't exactly a fight but the benches did clear you saw the game i didn't kind of go into that with me well uh first the white Sox are actually playing the orioles That's orioles excuse now. me yeah oh. mm. So that's a big, big series for both teams, right? I mean, they're, those are two teams that are battling the wild card contention. But back to the Twins and the Astros. Uh, Justin Verlander actually had a no hitter going through six plus innings before he was pulled. And fun fact for it, he has the most six plus innings pitched no hitters among active players. He has thirteen of them. That's insane. Is, it's insane, but um, you know they they pulled him last night. But in the fifth inning. Uh, the Twins did hit Jose Altuve, and the bench is clear. There was not a brawl. A lot of I even told you when we were on here before the show started, Mitch. You know, bench is clearing brawl, and I'm like, no, they didn't actually, you know, throw punches. But what really was interesting is both benches cleared, and later that inning, the Minnesota Twins went out there to talk at the mound, 
when they left the mound, the umpire stopped him and said, you have to make a pitching change. Now the twins just absolutely confused, wanted to know why the umpires deemed that the benches clearing argument, whenever it happened, that the twins were the first one out and it counted as a mound visit. So not only did that count as a mound visit, but then when they went out to take what they thought was their first one, which was really their second one of the inning. Yeah. And had to change pitchers. The twins had nobody in the bullpen warming up. So the huh. twins had to remove a pitcher with nobody in the bullpen getting warmed up. Ugh. And it, it really, uh, I know, I believe I saw uh, their manager was irate, which rock about as you, yep. be, as you should be. I've never, I have never seen that call before. I know we want the twins to lose, but I have never once seen a benches benches clearing say that counts as a mound visit. Well, I'm sorry. I was I was actually kind of listening to reading up on the um, the rulings or like something. It has to be something in the rule book that would constitute a right. decision like this. And I, I'm seeing something from uh, the sporting news. I just saw something from CBS Sports. It says Major League Baseball's mound visit rules deem that a pitcher must be removed from the game after two mound visits in the same inning. With the umpires charging Baldelli with a questionable visit during the altercation. The mocking mound visit counted as a second, meaning that Sanchez had to leave the game. That It is unclear whether or not Baldelli actually stepped foot on the mound during the bench-clearing incident, which is in the letter of the mound visit law as well. Uh, the rulebook is pretty specific when it comes to mound visits, but the question of whether a manager or coach entering the field during an incident like Tuesday's is unclear. That's where the gray area is. That That is... It, uh, you've never seen it. No. I, I Never seen it before. And, and so it, it just... We're never going to know, right? We don't, we weren't there. We weren't locked into that game. I mean, I was locked into the Guardians game, but still keeping tad. That's how it is right now, right, Mitch? You're, you're on the quest for postseason baseball. Not only are you watching your team play, but you're also on your phone going, okay, what are the Twins doing? Yeah. What are the White Sox doing? But when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. So Baldelli makes his way onto the field and he's trying to like help clear up the, the, the fight between the two play. It wasn't even really a fight again. Right. So was he, was he, talking to players or was he talking to umpires what was he exactly he just walked up to the mound I, I i didn't i never really saw it happen no i don't think anybody would have noticed that except for the, the officials and so what now this is this is going to the most extreme here but what happens if there would have been a brawl and it took place on the mound and baldelli went to the mound yeah that again i think that would have to that would have to count if that's their ruling is that they're going to have to address it in during the right. offseason at some point but that's twice now though the twins have been screwed in the past month with the whole play at home plate where baudelli got ejected and now we saw our guardians get you know the wrong side of that call with yep. the edges. but now this yep the, tw- the twins are getting some bad breaks here it's just a case of you know baseball seeing a lot of instances that have never happened before, or at least not on so in a, such a common, a common form. And also, I think we kind of look at we kind of look for that now when it comes to uh, sports and the rule books. We kind of see we look at officials obviously with this sort of a uh, one eyebrow raise sort of uh, I can't raise my eyebrow, but like we kind of look at them like they don't know what they're doing or the sport doesn't know what they're doing when they're writing these rules. And I think, yes, they do because obviously they have this whole system set up that barely anybody besides the officials has to read. It's, it's tricky when you get into gray areas like, like those that we've never gotten into before, but I'm sure they'll, fi- they'll figure it out. When we come back, I also want to get into some of that guardians bullpen that you, you might've mentioned because Emmanuel class a is dominating right now. And then we'll get into other topics as the show goes on, uh, but we'll be right back. But first, 
When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. Participating U.S. Wendy's taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y, the Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. And welcome back to the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Mitch Spinelli, Mitchell Bala here. We just got done talking about the Guardians. Uh, we're going to continue talking about the Guardians in this segment because obviously they won last night. The Twins and the White Sox did not. So that means good news for the Guardians in the AL Central race. Now, before we get into another uh, topic regarding them, we just came across this on uh, Twitter. And... Uh, I don't know if you have the audio ready, Mitch, but uh, if we if we do, then uh, this is an announcement that was made by the team just a few minutes ago, and uh, it's in regards to one of the all-time super fans in Cleveland baseball history. Since 1973, John Adams has been the heartbeat of Cleveland baseball games, keeping the spirit in the ballpark alive. To honor his legacy, Adams was recently inducted into the Guardians' Distinguished Hall of Fame. The tradition started when John was just 21 years old and wanted to recreate the sound of banging chairs at Cleveland Municipal Stadium in the new ballpark. For $25 at a garage sale, he purchased a bass drum that would accompany him to games for 48 years. The beat of his drum could be heard all over the ballpark, and John quickly became a fan favorite and team favorite. He was at the ballpark for countless moments and memories, and out of his 48 years of drumming, he only missed 45 home games. In recent years, John's health has kept him from progressive field, but it has not dampened his spirit or his love for the team. To celebrate John's 50 seasons of dedication, 
The Guardians are placing a gold plaque above his original seat in the ballpark bleachers, and a brass-plated replica of his iconic drum will be placed in Heritage Park so that his drum beat will forever remain a part of progressive field. And of course, that audio, courtesy of the Cleveland Guardians, you can find it on their Twitter page, and I'm sure there are other pages right now. That's that's a good that's a good move by the team, putting Superfan John Adams into the Cleveland uh, Distinguished Hall of Fame. Obviously, he'll get the uh, the honor in Heritage Park. I mean, that's you grew up with the team, you knew him for like they said five decades, and it's such a, a, a fantastic honor for a fantastic fan such as John. I mean, obviously, it's a little tough right now that. Uh, He's having some apparent health issues that he can't come to the games now, as or at least as often. But, you know, I think a lot of fans would like to think that you can still hear the pounding of the drum in the later innings every time you get into a big game, especially if it's a playoff game like it's been recently in the last few years for Cleveland. This is a great move by the Guardians organization, Mitch. I, I know for a fact that when I went to my first game when I was younger, uh, I can still remember the drum. And I thought I, I was so young. I thought, oh, some guy brought a drum to the game. But no, every time you'd go back and you started going to those uh, those weekend games that were more packed you know, during the summer, as they always are, and you'd hear the drum, um, and you'd always look up there underneath the scoreboard, and there was John Adams. And uh, he is going through some health things right now. He he, I don't want to speak on what it is because I don't know, but he does look sick. Um, I know he has not been, to my knowledge, he has not been to a game this year. Um, and it looked like where they where they did the ceremony honoring him. It looked like it would have been somewhere else anyways. So um, this is a great move. Obviously I wish John Adams could be at progressive field down the stretch here because it's just something iconic for, for Indians and now guardians fans in general. I think it's one thing you always associate with the ballpark and the team anytime you're there. Um, but I'm sure that the, the fans will be able to do something to try to make sure that the drum beats keeps going here down the stretch and hopefully into October baseball this year. Yeah, it's also a uh, it's also a sort of a point in time he he was because you see a lot of the things in the ballpark kind of like post 9-11, especially uh, you're not allowed to like bring certain things in. You're not allowed to bring noisemakers or, you know, like bag, bag, huge bags or certain things. But bring a drum into the stadium, even in that even afterwards now. And that was that was based on years of building yourself up to where the team was cool with you and the organization was cool with you. That's, that's a nice little slice of, uh, of the past that kind of worked its way into many, many years uh, past what any, I think anyone would have expected. Maybe even John would have expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just a fascinating thing and obviously wish him the best. So uh, going back to Cleveland and before we go to break really quick, you mentioned that bullpen and I actually had a tweet pulled up here from uh, at CLE underscore stats. The bullpen this month has been lights out pretty much for the team whenever they've been on. Uh, we've, Emmanuel Classe, especially, uh, has had a 1.20 ERA this season. He has a tied for the league lead in 29 saves. Uh, his last 39 appearances, the ERA is 0.47, 43 strikeouts, three walks. You also got James Karinchek, who's uh, been pretty solid since he came back from his injury. Uh, his, his ERA is at zero, along with uh, Nick Sandlin at zero in their last uh, 16 and 14 appearances, respectively. Uh, Sandlin, especially, 14 strikeouts to one walk. And Trevor Steffen, a guy that, you know, 
you know, I, I, I would get a little frustrated with him earlier on in the season, but he's kind of come around in his last 25 appearances, 39 strikeouts, five walks, ERA 1.04. So you you are correct in that this bullpen is peaking right now in a time where it needs to be. I, I, I hope there can be some other parts like De Los Santos or Morgan who can kind of build their ways back up because they have had a few struggles as of late, particularly Morgan. But um, if this bullpen can keep it going into September and potentially October, bullpens are huge no matter what record of the team you're playing against is in, in those posts, in those playoff series. And if there's anything that uh, we as Cleveland fans know, it's that Tito loves the bullpen. You saw it in that 2016 playoff run with how early he liked to go to the bullpen. Um, I, I would say, I know you mentioned Eli Morgan and De Los Santos. I think there's one name out of that list that if they could get him going, it will make a night and day difference. And that's Sam Henches, the lefty. Mm. Just because of how dominant he could be with that size he has and being left-handed, it's just a whole other element that you haven't really seen from this bullpen yet. Now, I'm not going to talk crazy here and say, could he be Andrew Miller? Because what we saw from Andrew Miller in 2016 was, I still don't have words to describe it, Mitch, because no. it was, it was, it was insane. And you may never see anything like that again, but if they could get Sam Henches in a spot where he come in for one inning and really just get you through it uh, without allowing the big hit or something. Wow. Would that be a huge pickup specifically? Like I said, just cause he's left-handed, it, that would be, that would be massive, but the bullpen is peaking at the right time right now. Three of our five starting pitchers. I have confidence in right now. Um, the one that went last night and Aaron Savale still don't have a whole lot of confidence in, and I'm not even going to talk about Zach Plezak. So piece it together, Tito. I mean, he's putting putting a lot of pieces together as of late. The team is still in first place and up by a few games now because the Twins and White Sox have kind of been on a slight downhill. So when we come back, we'll go more into uh, some sports and I'll wrap up the final two segments. Uh, we'll be right back right after this. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business. 
and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports uh, Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala here, here to talk with you more about athletics on the scholastic, collegiate, and professional level. We're going to stay professional here. Uh, well, we'll try to be. We're going to stay on the professional side, rather, and uh, talk some basketball here. But before we do that, uh, we want to let you guys know that uh, there will be two big live stream events for Big Time Sports uh, this coming week. This Thursday, it's Tusky Valley going up against Tuscarora Central Catholic in volleyball starting at 6.30. I, myself, will be there uh, to help cover the game. We also have Garraway versus Waynedale in football at 7 p.m. That'll be a huge, huge matchup there, so I'm very excited to see uh, – that contest play out the pirates taking on the golden bears i should mention by the way lisa Allsep will be uh doing play-by-play of the central tusky valley game on thursday so that'll be great to uh, work with her for the first time obviously and then of course you see friday uh garraway versus waynedale i'm very excited to see that you can follow both those games on bigtimesportsohio.com so mitch back to the nba i think we talked about this at the end of last uh the last episode but um uh the saga between Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets, we were wondering if that would go anywhere. And 50 days after the request, it didn't. It didn't. So uh, there was the announcement by the Nets the other day. I believe it was from uh, the uh, from Joe Alsep, or Alsep, uh, Joe Sy rather, that uh, the Nets and, the, and KD are coming back together, basically. He's going to return next season from what it looks like. And uh, he said, we have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So this offseason, Katie requested a trade. Kyrie kind of came back at the end of the year. Ben Simmons got traded for, didn't play a game for him. These are the Brooklyn Nets. And this is this is where you have to go to now, where you have your top players allegedly according to reports calling out your gm and your head coach and steve nash and uh this is where they are this is what they have to go into next season they basically have to try and win a whole bunch of games to shut everybody up about what they were talking about for the last few months yeah allegedly like you mentioned on the same gm and coach they agreed should be there when they got brought on the team yes um, that's that's none of my business though Mitch. that's none of my business um not shocked. I had said a while ago, both on this podcast and in conversations with friends, um, I I knew Kevin Durant wasn't going to go anywhere. If anything, I, th- I think it's Kyrie. I still think it could be Kyrie. Um, I don't think the Nets are going to be willing to put up with any of his shenanigans again this year. Um, I would probably tell you, give it till December and see what it looks like. Um, is Ben Simmons even going to play basketball? Can Ben Simmons play basketball? I, I I think he will at this point. It, 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 he's got to be healthy enough, and even though he, you know who knows where his mind's going to be, he'll he'll get back on the court. Like I think that that won't be the issue. It's just will the guys be able to gel? Because everybody thought that the combination of KD, Kyrie, and James Harden would be able to gel, and they only played what fourteen games together. Yeah, something like that. It's it's crazy. Uh, I think Ben Simmons literally has to play basketball at this point. Um, I mean, you wanted out of Philly, you got out of Philly, and now you still haven't played yet. Yeah. I just, there's so many questions around the Brooklyn Nets and around Kevin Durant and around Kyrie Irving that this could be the most drama-filled team if they weren't already. They will be now. Um, whether the media wants to present them that way or not, you know the media has a really 
strong way of influencing how they want a team to be portrayed. Um, I think if you remove the media that Brooklyn by far is going to be the most, I, most drama filled and interesting team to keep your eye on all year. Yeah. Uh, one more note to make general manager, Sean Marks, is who I meant to, to reference along with Steve Nash. They made that joint uh, uh, announcement with the uh, owner of the team side. So, this is one of the more interesting aspects of this whole saga because uh, the NBA offseason, I don't think, allowed for the Nets to make such a historic move of Durant to another team. It obviously would have taken a huge haul to get a guy like KD, who's in his mid-30s now. He's still a considerably top-five player in the league. Some would say he's the top overall player. Um, but looking at what Brooklyn reportedly wanted, they want like they wanted so many, you know, top players and picks. And then you had deals like the Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota for four first round picks, which I still can't believe that really kind of, I think kind of set the nets on a point to where they couldn't make a move or get anything in that sort of way. It would have been near impossible for any of the teams to make a deal like that, even though that happened with Minnesota. So now you're, you have this weird sort of relationship where you request the trade, you kind of you almost sever your ties with the team, basically, and now you have to come back together to just not only just play basketball for the general manager you just outed, but for the coach who, you know, again, it's the it's. I'm not saying Steve Nash is like this ultimate like doormat of a, of a head coach. It seems like he can at least command some respect because he was a two-time MVP. He he obviously played in the NBA for a long time, Hall of Fame talent, knows what he's doing. It, it just doesn't seem like the kind of presence that would be able to command players like Katie and Kyrie around, obviously in a league where the players have more power, like the star players in particular have more power than they ever have before. I just, I, my whole thing, thing on it is what does it say to the other players on the team? Like, what does it say that, what is, if Kevin Durant wanted to be away from you and Kyrie Irving allegedly wanted to be away from you, what does it say about you on the team as a role player? Doesn't it kind of tell you that these guys don't think I'm good enough to be here or maybe I'm not good enough. That's why they want to leave. And then, like you said, what happens in that huddle when Steve Nash is there after Kevin Durant has come out? Well, two years ago said that's our coach and now saying he doesn't want him to be the coach and they're in the huddle and Steve Nash has drawn up a play and they go out in the court and Kevin Durant says, we're going to do this instead because you've seen it before. We've seen it with LeBron James in Cleveland, right? I think back to that game winner he had against the Chicago bulls, I believe in game was a game three or game four in Chicago in 2014, 15 might've been where four. David, yeah. David Blatt drew up a play and LeBron said, no, 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 get me the ball. And they got on the ball and he delivered, you know, that, the greatest players in the NBA today do that kind of thing. And they're allowed to. That's why they're the greats. You can't just have anybody like Jetty Osman coming up saying, coach, we're going to do this. No, no right. Jetty, go sit down on the bench. You're not right. good. Um, but you just have to wonder how this psychologically affects everybody else in that Nets locker room. And if a trade is made with any of these role players, what the players all of a sudden are thinking like, did I, did Kevin not want me here? You know, is it, or did I do something like, what, what did I do? Why am I getting traded? You know, I, I just feel like there's so many, so much doubt that can creep into people's heads now inside that Nets organization that it's ultimately going to fall back to Kevin Durant. And you even saw Pat Beverly tweet about it the other day. Although I'm not a big fan of Pat Beverly. And then Durant replied to him and Pat Beverly said, I wasn't blaming you. Um, even though he literally mentioned Kevin Durant in the tweet, 
It was pretty, pretty ironic. I'm telling you what, the NBA is the most entertaining league during the offseason. Yeah, it, it is entertaining. It just it the drama gets to a point where it gets frustrating. Like um the whole thing what's when it gets fun for me is when it's kind of like I guess not maybe harmless in this example I'm about to say, but it's it's funny enough to where you can make jokes about it and it still remains funny. Like this doesn't seem funny. Stuff like um, Paul George uh, getting coached by Doc Rivers with the Clippers uh, a few years ago after some some things and some personal things in their lives came to be. If you know what I'm talking about, you might get I don't you might get that. That's when it was funny for me. This just feels like a whole bunch of nonsense to where you're seeing all this great talents come together and it might go for waste potentially if, if championships aren't won. By the way, he did it with four years. The big thing, the biggest detail to me, he did it with four years remaining on that on that contract that he signed. So he could literally just do the same thing again next offseason if it gets that bad. So he's just going to, I mean, and the Nets potential haul for him is only going to get worse because as the years go down, you're not going to warrant a huge uh, uh, investment from other teams to get to get rid of him. I think that everything was screwed up for the Brooklyn Nets when the Utah Jazz traded Rudy Gobert to the Grizzly or I agree. The Timberwolves, excuse me, and they got that haul back. Four first rounders. I mean, seriously, what what would Kevin Durant be worth then? At least eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it's crazy, but I don't the know. Utah Jazz kind of reset the trade market this year when the Minnesota Timberwolves somehow came out, and I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this team goes, and uh, we we'll go to our last segment here. I want to touch on the Cavaliers, like you mentioned, because um, I want to spend some time there, and I also want to spend some time. Uh, to highlight one of the areas, you know, most prized athletes. Uh, we'll get to him in just a moment, but uh, we'll take a quick break right after this. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. 
And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports uh, Podcast Show. Uh, final segment here. We're going to be talking some baseball and some other stuff here. Uh, Mitch Benella, Mitchell Bala. Mitch, um, we want to talk more about uh, the baseball uh, – or no, the Cavalier – the basketball side of me, excuse me. Uh, the Cavalier side of a potential deal or a potential rumor of a deal that you uh, talked about right before the show. Uh, is there any, any more information that you can give to me on that as well as the uh, the listening public? Yeah, so I'm pulling it up right now, and I had the stats in front of me for this, uh, you know, top player, multiple-time All-Star. He's a three-time All-Star, uh, made the All-Rookie team in 2017-2018. But Ian Bagley, um, who covers the New York teams, he's also an NBA reporter, uh, tweeted out today, the Cleveland Cavaliers have touched base with the Utah Jazz about a Donovan Mitchell trade in recent days. Now, we just touched on it a little bit ago. The Jazz traded Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for four first-rounders. Um, Gobert is, you know, one of the best defensive players in all the NBA, numerous time defensive player of the year. Um, but we had heard that through this past NBA season, which would have been the 21, 22 season, there was a disconnect and there's really been some disconnect since the 2020 season between Mitchell and Gobert. The jazz though, just can't seem to get over that hump. And so they traded Gobert. They have a new head coach coming in and it seems like Donovan Mitchell's career in Utah is coming to an end whether it's going to be trade or free agency here eventually. You're talking about a three-time All-Star that averages almost 24 points per game, averages over four and a half assists a game, and four rebounds a game. But right as a shooting guard, you're not going to get many rebounds. I would acquire him and put him on this Cavalier team so fast, as long as you aren't trading Darius Garland, Jared Allen, or Evan Mobley, or the rookie OJ Abaji from Kansas. Anybody else can go. I want to win. I love what we have here, but if you're talking about getting one of the better players in the NBA, a person that fits a need of your team, it basically comes down to this, Mitch. Who would you rather have, Donovan Mitchell or Colin Sexton? Oh, um, that's... It, it, it seems really hard at first, and but I know where I would lean at right. this at this point of their careers. It's It's... It's Mitchell, yeah, I would say that, but I, I I need time from Sexton to prove whether or not he can gel with a Cavs team that bloss a lot of them blossomed last year while he was out with his injury. Darius Garland became an All Star, you know. Jared Allen kept being a paint presence. Kevin Love started to care again and became what could be a quality fifth or sixth man. I I don't know. It's it's really tricky, and I don't want to break. I don't want to risk breaking something up that can be really good even if the risk can be even better, if that makes sense. Cause I, I know it sounds stupid. Like, well, why wouldn't you get something better? Because the risk is you're ruining something that could be really good right. and you'll never know. I would, I wouldn't say that I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I've been the same way before, but let me play devil's advocate to one point you made. You want to see what Colin Sexton did with all these young players at blossom. Did anybody else find it ironic? They all blossom when Colin Sexton was out. <sighs> Look, I I get I get that sentiment. My big and my big fear too is that when he, if you if he comes when he comes back this season, 
it's getting going to get to a point where the t- they can't coexist. And I don't want that to be the case. I want Sexton to be able to find his role in the system. I would like to see him and Garland become this amazing backcourt that could be seriously dangerous in the Eastern Conference. I'd like to see him do that. Will it happen? I don't know. The, whatever happens on the court is is going to be the judge of that. But we got a few more months until we're going to figure that out. But in the meantime, I always just assumed that Mitchell was eventually going to go to the Knicks because that was one of his more desired spots. Uh, it would obviously service them at least 10 more wins on their schedules. But uh, apparently there was a report that Danny Ainge wants RJ Barrett as part of that deal. And I don't know if the Knicks will be ready to, if they can manage a way to get him and Mitchell in the same boat, that's, that's easily a top six, seven East team already. Even, even with everybody's mis uh, or not misconceptions, everyone's preconceived notions about the Knicks. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it kind of almost seems inevitable that he wants to be a Nick, but until I hear him say it, you never know because uh, let's see who's always been rumored to be a Nick LeBron James, Kevin Durant, um, this all-star, that all-star Kyrie, Kyrie. All Star 20 years ago was going to be a Nick. Um, and Mitch, did any of them become New York Knicks? Uh, who was it? I mean, you had Carmelo. Yeah. Oh, oh Amari Stoudemire, who I think had one oh. good knee left. Okay. Um, they just, now they did. Now hold on. Um, I should apologize. They did they just Taj Jalen Brunson. They got Taj Gibson. Yes, Taj Gibson. That's right. Jalen Brunson, too. I mean, that's a huge signing. Maybe puts him over the top and can get him into the 11-12 seed now in the East. I don't know. Um, just it's eh. a joke. I, 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 don't, I can't buy into the fact that anybody wants to go to the Knicks because I've literally heard it my entire life, and nobody really goes there except for Carmelo. And even when he went there. They got they got they made a second round oh, yeah. appearance. Yeah, right. they, they won a series. I'll give you that. Yeah, they never I mean, did anything. Fortunately, no. Scored 62 points, broke the, the garden record. So at least there was that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens this offseason. And finally, um, you met you mentioned to me right before the show some unfortunate uh news. Uh he, he had been reported in hospice a few days ago, and now it's it seems uh it seems official that Hall of Fame quarterback and Alliance Ohio native uh Len Dawson has passed away at the age of 87. Obviously, Dawson was a longtime uh, uh, successful quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, after he was drafted by the Steelers and then spent time with uh, the Browns for like a year, uh, ended up finding his footing with the Dallas Texans, who moved to KC eventually, won Super Bowl four with them and set and was and was likely the most successful quarterback in Chiefs history up until we see what 10 to 15 years holds for next for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Mitch, I mean. You obviously were more closer to that area than than I was. I mean, I was aware of Len Dawson being an Alliance native, kind of from that area. And even though KC would become like more of his adopted state or uh, state and city uh, later in his life, what can you kind of tell me about uh, Len, what Len Dawson kind of meant to you and what you meant to your fandom of football? Well, I think it's always cool when you're from an area that has guys that not only are professional athletes but uh, just some of the best and Len Dawson's a hall of famer. You can't say that a whole about a whole lot of people. Um, but not only that, Mitch, but he w- had a second career after football and he was a broadcaster. And I know for you and I, you know, we're doing this and uh, you know, as the year goes on, you'll find us doing more things behind the scenes and on air. But um, I have a very, I really appreciate anybody that can get into broadcasting. And, and I, I'm a person that you have some guys that get into it for the first time and people love to rip on them. 
people just don't understand how hard it is. But I also have a fascination for people that can go from being a player into being a broadcaster, whether it's play-by-play, but typically color, and they excel at it. And Len Dawson did a phenomenal job at that. Um, and, and you mentioned his second home in Kansas City. That's actually where the statement was put today when Len Dawson did pass away. So it goes to show you, you know, that Kansas City was his new adopted home, but uh, he's a legend, right? He's a legend for Alliance. He is a legend for Star County, and his legacy will forever live on in Canton, Ohio, with Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is really cool to see. Um, but no, uh, another all-time great gone too soon at the age of 87 on Wednesday. Yeah, he also was a huge part of the AFL's blossoming into the passing league uh, during its sort of uh, coexistence with the NFL. And eventually they would merge into the AFL-NFL World Championship game, which we now know as the Super Bowl. And, uh, of course, we mentioned he was the MVP, I believe, yeah, MVP of Super Bowl four. Yeah, against the Vikings, I want to say. A lot of that game actually is uh, dedicated a lot of the footage you'll see is dedicated to Hank Stram, the Chiefs head coach. A lot of it, for some reason, was shot, shots of him on the sideline. You get some of his audio there. But uh, Dawson ended up having an MVP-type uh, game, which he threw for, let me see here. Uh, it was tw- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a different time in the NFL. 12 of 17 passing for 142 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean... It's unfortunate, and we and we wish you know the Dawson family the best. Rest in peace to Len, and uh, he'll be remembered. He'll be remembered, obviously, like you said. He's going to be forever enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that is the all we have for uh, this episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Once again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Anchor. Uh, you can find us on YouTube here. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell to get the uh, videos when they come out. Um, I was about to say Mitch Spinell on Twitter and all the places, Mitchell Bala on all the places and um, yeah, big time sports, Ohio.com and all of our socials. So Mitch, what is, uh, what is the fact of the day, my friend? Oh, I think we need to see your basketball shop first. Cause I may have been slacking a little bit and completely forgot. All right, here, go, go with the fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here, here's one that I'm sure everyone, knew, but just in case they didn't avocados are fruit. Not a vegetable. I mean, yeah, I would. Were they not a fruit? Or did some people not think they're fruit? I, I'm just, I'm just saying a fact. It wasn't going to be the best fact today, Mitch. I, I, I don't know. Slacking. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm never um, going to judge you for your facts, man. I just, I, I was sort of taken aback <laughs> that I was surprised. I know some people do like put uh, avocado on salad, or they'll use it as like a thing on toast. But uh, yeah, I kind of assumed that it was a fruit because it's kind of got that sort of rigid shape and. That, that sort of weird inside. What is the thing in, in the, in an avocado? What, give me that fact. What's the thing in the avocado called that little Brown ball. Uh, dude, yeah. I'm not, I'm not an avocado connoisseur. All right. Well this, all right. For the first time in this podcast, you failed the fact you didn't fail anything, man. I'm happy you give me the facts every week and I'm happy that uh, we get to talk sports again. So uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon. Thank you.